In this Global IQ Minute, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas addresses the possibility that President Obama may take executive action on undocumented migrants now living in the United States and the course of action that the Senate might take. We also discuss during our conversation why he thinks LNG exports should be allowed and how he believes that the administration has bungled its policy towards Israel. Thank you very much, Senator, for joining us on Global IQ Minute. In the coming week, it is expected that President Obama will take executive action to grant some form of permanent status to undocumented migrants now residing in the United States. What's your view on what may happen, and what are the options that you have to block it, if that's your wish? Well, I hope he doesn't follow through on that. Uh, if he unilaterally attempts to grant amnesty to millions of people who are here illegally, it would be wrong, it would be unconstitutional, and it would be defiant of the American people. The president several months ago made the decision to effectively make this last election a referendum on amnesty. He announced his intentions to unilaterally grant amnesty, and we saw a tidal wave election just one week ago where Republicans retook control of the Senate. I think we're on pace to pick up nine seats. We've retired Harry Reid as majority leader, and the two dominant issues in, in the Senate races were Obamacare and stopping the president's amnesty. If he follows through on that, he will be saying to the voters that he does not care what the American people think, that he is going to impose his own policies. What he should do is listen to the voters. You know, a couple of, couple of years ago, he talked about elections have consequences. He needs to recognize the consequences of this election, and he needs to come and work with Congress. Congress is prepared to work with him, but he is unwilling to work with Congress. Rather, he is defiant and wants to impose his own policies, if the president does this. A great many Republicans campaigned all over the country on doing everything humanly possible to stop the president from illegally granting amnesty, and I think that's what Congress, that's exactly what Congress will do. And how will Congress go about doing that? There are a variety of tools that can be used, and I think it's, it's premature uh, to, to discuss the specific strategies prior to knowing exactly what the president might do. He is leaked broad contours, but we don't know exactly what he's, what he's contemplating doing or what he will do. Uh, but if he does this, it will be defiant of the American people, but it will also be counterproductive to actually achieving common sense immigration reform. There's a great deal of common ground, a bipartisan agreement outside of Washington on immigration reform. Outside of Washington, there's overwhelming bipartisan agreement. We've got to get serious about securing the borders, about stopping the problem of illegal immigration. And there is substantial bipartisan agreement that we need to improve and streamline legal immigration, that we need to welcome and celebrate legal immigrants. And the way you pass immigration reform is you focus on areas of bipartisan agreement. If we did that, we could reach legislation that would sail through Congress if the president, however, insists on throwing down the gauntlet, on disregarding federal immigration law and illegally and unconstitutionally granting amnesty, that will both be wrong and will be counterproductive to actually reaching common sense reforms on immigration. Let me ask you a question that's getting a lot of attention here, of course, in Texas. What should the Congress do to expedite the uh, Department of Energy's approval process in, on LNG exports? And I, I, I'd like to ask you to also address how that might affect our policy with Russia. 
Absolutely. You know, we're seeing something extraordinary happen across the country. We are seeing an American energy renaissance. Uh, much of the economy is trapped in stagnation uh, under the Obama economic policies, and yet energy is one of the few bright spots. The shale revolution is transformational. I've introduced comprehensive legislation called the American Energy Renaissance Act that's designed to do two things. Number one, remove all the federal regulatory barriers to continuing this energy renaissance. Now, that includes approving and building the Keystone Pipeline, removing the regulatory barriers to building more pipelines, removing the regulatory barriers to building more refineries, to updating refineries. It includes preventing the federal government from regulating hydraulic fracturing, leaving that question to the states because fracking is ushering in the shale renaissance. And it includes removing the barriers to exporting LNG, liquid natural gas, and also to exporting oil, both of which are antiquated and anachronistic. We should embrace this energy renaissance. We should open up new land, federal lands, to exploration and development. And doing so will allow the private sector to continue to create millions of high-paying jobs. Doing so also has a tremendous geopolitical impact. You know, for a long time, Americans have been used to the, our nation being a major importer of energy, and we still think of ourselves that way. We are today the world's number one producer of oil, number one producer of natural gas, and we are on the verge of North American energy sufficiency. We are on the verge of becoming major energy exporters. That transforms the balance of power globally. You asked about Russia. Russia right now uses energy to blackmail its neighbors. Putin is in many ways a petro-tyrant. As my colleague John McCain jokes, Russia is a gas station with a country attached. We should open up export of LNG. That will help Ukraine. It will help Europe stand free from Putin's economic blackmail. It will impact, put real cost on Putin and Russia, and it will also produce jobs and economic growth here at home. Is this a legislative priority? Can it happen, and how quickly? Uh, it is absolutely a legislative priority. It has not been able to happen the last two years because Harry Reid ref has refused to allow any votes in the U.S. Senate on any pro-growth legislation, any pro-energy legislation, any tax reform, any reg reform, anything that would help the private sector produce jobs. One of the real consequences, I believe, of the Republican takeover of the Senate is I hope and believe we will take up and vote on pro-growth legislation after pro-growth legislation, including very much energy legislation, opening up LNG exports is something that I hope we vote on on the Senate and we approve and we send to President Obama because it is unambiguously in our national security interest and in our economic interests. Senator, you've been in office for two years. You've traveled, I believe, three times to Israel. I have. You know, when you look at what's happened in, the, in this past summer with the war in Gaza, the unrest, Israel's neighbors, particularly in Lebanon, Syria, now even Jordan, what do you see as the potential for any type of settlement, and what is the role of the United mm -hmm. States, and particularly the Senate? Mm -hmm. Well, the last six years have been very troubling for the relationship between the United States and Israel. Uh, I believe we should stand unshakably alongside our friend and ally, the nation of Israel. And unfortunately, the Obama-Clinton foreign policy has been the most hostile and antagonistic to the nation of Israel in modern times. You know, we just recently saw an article by Jeffrey Goldberg talking about how 
a senior official in the Obama White House, referred to Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, with an epithet for poultry manure. Uh, that was offensive, it was belittling, and it actually embodies the treatment this administration has given the nation of Israel. Um, Israel is our strongest ally in a very troubled region. They share our values, they share our commitment to democracy, and they stand alongside us militarily with intelligence. It benefits U.S. national security interests to stand with Israel. And I'll tell you, there are many, many areas where Israel, uh, Israel's interests have been uh, imperiled in this administration, but none greater than what is happening with Iran. Uh, in my view, the prospect of Iran acquiring nuclear weapon capability is the single gravest national security threat to the United States, and it's also the single gravest national security threat to Israel. I agree with Prime Minister Netanyahu that the deal President Obama is negotiating with Iran is a very, very bad deal. It is an historic mistake. And I'll tell you, Jim, I, f I fear that we are repeating the mistakes of the 1990s, of the Clinton administration with respect to North Korea. The 1990s, the United States led the world in relaxing sanctions against North Korea. The result was billions of dollars flowed into North Korea, and they used that money to develop nuclear weapons. We've actually brought back the very same person, Wendy Sherman, who negotiated the failed North Korea deal, she is leading the negotiations with Iran. I think it is extraordinarily dangerous, and one of the things I very much hope that a Republican Congress will do is put a real check on the Obama administration negotiating a terrible deal with Iran that sets the stage for Iran acquiring nuclear weapons capability, using it to terrorize its neighbors, using it potentially to attack Israel or the United States. We cannot let that happen, and we need to stand vigorously and make absolutely clear to Iran, under no circumstances will they be allowed to acquire nuclear weapons capability. You know, ironically, weakness and appeasement only increase the chance of military conflict. I believe in peace through strength. The reason Iran is charging headfirst towards doing this is because of this administration's policy of appeasement. I think it's, it's an historic mistake, and I think we need to do everything we can to stop it. And that'll have to be the last word. But thank you very much, Senator Cruz, for being our guest on Global IQ Minute. Thank you. God bless you.